Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I just got done with Rachel Richards, who is the author of Money Honey, retired in her mid-20s, huge investment uh, portfolio of real estate, and among a whole bunch of other things with some real applicable tips and tricks, and also some really applicable ones to people that you know, aren't millionaires already trying to figure out their problems, like the average day-to-day person and how to help with those kind of things. And so if you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to it. But this is the High Impact Series. This is where we're going to ask the one question. And out of this, we're trying to try and find something actionable that you can go have a money talk with your kids. This is the whole point of the podcast and the whole point of being able to bring this stuff into the home is that you can be at the dinner table and have a conversation. You can go spend 10 or 15 minutes, but if you just listen and you don't take action, it's nothing's going to change. And so this is going to have two goals. One, it's going to strengthen the relationship between you and your kids so that later in life, when they have bigger and bigger money challenges and money opportunities, that they know that they can come to you and it's not a taboo subject. The second thing is the earlier we get these into our kids' uh, future, they have so many years ahead of them. And we mentioned the time value of money earlier in our conversation uh, which unless you're a financial nerd like me and Rachel, uh, self-admitted, but, uh, maybe not mean too much, but what it means is that they have such a long runway that, um, any little bits of knowledge and conversation that you have can have massive impact. And so with that, uh, Rachel, are you ready? Yes. Thank you, Cody. All right, cool. Well, here's the big question. What is the one thing that you would teach about that our schools don't that's had a major impact on your life? real estate investing, hands down. I think more average men and women have become millionaires through real estate investing than any other way. Okay. So which part are we going to start at? Because uh, I always like to say the only place you can start is at the beginning, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. I mean, I can, I can just talk about what are really the benefits of owning rental property. When I talk about real estate investing, I'm ta- there, there's a few ways to do it, but I'm talking about owning rental property that can bring you income for the rest of your life. So a cash flowing asset. When you own rental property, there are four benefits. Number one, there's equity buildup because your tenants are paying your mortgage for you over time. So after 30 years, you now own a property free and clear having only paid the down payment. Number two is the tax benefits. The big one being depreciation. There's always great tax benefits when you own real estate. Um, Number three is what is number three? Oh, the passive income, the cash flow. So I love passive in- income because it's money you don't have to work very hard for. So you take your rental income minus your expenses, then you're left with this profit that you earn every single month without doing a ton of work. Definitely need to have a property manager though, so you don't become a full-time landlord. And then number four, I always consider this a bonus because you can't always count on it, but number four would be appreciation. So in addition to equity buildup, if the value of your house just increases over time because of the real estate market, that's appreciation. And that's even more wealth that you can build over time. And to me, I think every young person should absolutely, absolutely own rental property. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's done more for me and my family than any other uh, work that I've put in with my time. Right. And it's, uh, I always like to tell people, like, I absolutely love mailbox money. <laughs> oh yeah. I like to make money in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's, um, but I think too, so I, I, I would say this, like, how would you, how would you approach the subject? Like, let's say you had a parent come to you and said, Hey, you know what? I heard you on the podcast. Like, and, uh, I really wanted to explain this with my kids, but I don't know where to start. How would you, how would you advise them to breach the, broach the subject? I would turn something in your household 
into a cash flowing asset for them. So let me explain that. What's something you and your kids use all the time in your house? Uh, Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I love that. You could start and you'll have to hang with me for a minute because this is going to sound bad when I first say it, but you could start charging your kid like five cents every time they want to use that. And they'll, you know, they'll recognize, wow, this sucks. This is a pain that I have to pay somebody five cents to use this Nintendo switch. And then you can offer them, Hey, if you can save enough money to buy this Nintendo switch for me, if you can save $10 or whatever it is, then you can own the Nintendo switch and you can start charging other people for it. So maybe one of your kids decides, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to save up my money. I'm going to pay you $10 for the Nintendo Switch. And now your kid owns it in quotes, right? And now your kid can charge other members of the family five cents to use it. I think that's just the most simple way to show them what it means to own a rental property. You know, that's fantastic <laughs> because it's taking these big concepts that might be scary or not understandable and really breaking it down into something simple of saying, Hey, you know what, here's how, here's how we can, uh, uh, here's the concept, right? Right. And so you don't even have to explain assets and cash flow. What you're doing for them is you're showing them that owning an asset that produces cash flow is an awesome thing. They don't have to understand those terms because they'll understand the, the concept of it. Yeah. The only problem in my household will be like, maybe one of their Nintendo renters might beat up the, the landlord. <laughs> yeah. Policing it. That could be difficult. <laughs> then you learn about property managers, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You'll get, you'll get a big kid and he gets a little piece of the rent and then, <laughs> and then they yeah. don't mess with you anymore. Right. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. See, you can go like all sorts of ways with this. <laughs> Start laying, layering in your management strategy. <laughs> And so, uh, so with those benefits and those kinds of things, um, you mentioned something earlier that was a it was an actionable tip that I think is just an absolute credit hack, which is adding your kids to as an authorized user to your credit card. And so, if the people who hadn't heard it in the whole interview, I want to mention it here because you might think, well, how's a young person going to buy a house if they don't have any credit built up, right? And exactly. so. Yeah, so I think there's two ways you can do this. One, uh, if you can have your kids earn and save and put away a little bit of money in a savings account, there's a pretty good chance that they can do what's called a, a secured credit card, right, when they're young. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good way to get your foot in the door. And the second one is that authorized user account. And so if you have a credit card where 15 years of history and you don't keep a balance on it or anything, you add them, they instantly have 15 years worth of credit history added to their credit profile. Yes, so two excellent tips are authorized user, user or secured credit card. And then when they're 18, they can open their first credit card in their own name. And there's a lot of cards that are, you know, student credit cards, which just really means that it's easier to qualify for. One of the best ones, and this is the first one I got, was is the Discover It card. So when they reach the age of 18, I do recommend that one specifically. Yeah. And I, so I think a lot of people might cringe going, oh my gosh, like I'm like, I'm not telling my kid to get a credit card, right? Like, because we're the financial advisor people, you know, and so <laughs> the financial advice people. And, uh, and, but I, I, I think it's because they've avoided the conversation the first time around. I think that when you have that opportunity to add someone as an authorized user, then it's a good time to explain, you know, how interest works negatively against you carrying balances, why you should do these things. Like, that's why I always just like having the conversations because it gives you the opportunity. And even if you have a managers in the best way, it's a time to start doing it now because it's not going to get better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even backing up one step and, and really asking them, Hey, you know, why do you think you need credit? Why do you think this is applicable to you? What do you think is going to 
happen for you later if you do or don't have credit or you, if you have good or bad credit and really having them understand why they should be motivated to have a good credit score. You know, if they ever want to buy a car, if they ever want to buy a house, if they ever want to do all these really cool things, that's what credit is for, then they'll be motivated to take it more seriously. And of course, don't just tell them to sign up for a credit card without teaching them how to use it responsibly, you know, treat it like a debit card, pay off the balance in full every month. But it's a great way for them to understand at a young age, you know, what they're really working for. Well, you talk about it in your course quite a bit. And you mentioned it when we were talking, but it's the actual discipline that is the part. It's the mindset of the discipline. That's the opportunity to start to instill that without really sending them out to the wolves that you can actually have that conversation ahead of time. And so that they, it's not something they learn once you're in the hole. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and to add to that, you need to understand their motivation because it's easier to be disciplined when there's something you're motivated for. Mm. It's hard to motivate young people and it's hard to motivate kids, but maybe you can show them some examples of like, Hey, look at what this other kid has in your class. Do you want to be able to have something like that? I don't know whether it's a car or, Hey, look at this family that gets to go on cool vacations mm. or look what we have. Like we own this house. You don't own it. My child, we own this house. Don't you want to have something like this when you grow up? And that way you can motivate them to work towards that in the future. Yeah. There's so many good lessons out of that about setting goals and then backtracking into how to get small bits to get to that goal and all those things. Like there's so many good conversations that come out of there. And so I want to say thank you for bringing that up. And, you know, because we kind of got into real estate investing to start off the track, but it also kind of backed into like all the little pieces and steps and things that have, it's a, it's a spider, you know, it's a spider web coming off of that conversation because you've got tons of content to go into. It would just, you know, you don't have to be a financial wizard to have a conversation with your kids. If you know something right. they don't know, you're a financial wizard. That's, That's exactly works. true. I could not say it better. You don't have to be a financial wizard to teach your kids. Yes. No, no. And then if you don't know how to, how to do it, you got Google, <laughs> you right. got Alexa, right? Ask them and then learn it with them. Cause that's what the real, the real magic happens in the part where you have the connection. And so, um, well with that, Rachel, let me ask you this, who should come find you and where they find you at? Yes. Thank you. I love working with young people or just people who feel like they don't know they, they want to improve their finances and they're overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. Um, you can find both of my books, money, honey, and passive income, aggressive retirement on Amazon. And what I'd love to do for your listeners, Cody, is give my free budgeting worksheets. So if anyone wants to go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash free to download those, those will be waiting for you. Awesome. Yeah, I would absolutely tell you to take action because that's the whole point of this podcast, right? So this is an opportunity to go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash, was it uh, slash free? Free. Yep. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes as well don't think about it. Just take action. It's the easiest way to fix things. It's just a first step. Okay. That's all you've got to do. You don't have to take a thousand steps. Just take the first one and then, uh, and then work on the second one. That's all you got to focus on. So thank you so much for coming on uh, money talkers with me, Rachel. I appreciate it very much. Yes. Thank you so much, Cody. Awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of money talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because 
you are a money talker.